This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast 473, and the quote of the day is, you could be good today, but instead you choose tomorrow. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hola, hello, ciao, bonjour. I, I think that's I think that's about the only uh, ways I know how to say hello in different languages. Anywho, Nick Ruffini here, episode four seventy three of the Drummers Resource Podcast, and I am I'm stoked. I'm getting ready to head to South by Southwest. So if any of you are there, I'll be there from the uh, Monday the eleventh until the seventeenth. So I've never been to South by Southwest, oddly enough, uh, and. Everyone I talk to and I tell them I've never been there are kind of blown away that I've never been. But it's first time for everything. So I am going to be there. I'll be there for the music track, obviously. And if any of you are going to be there, hit me up. And I'm going to be sourcing a lot of interviews while I'm there. So pretty pretty excited about that. Like I said, never been. So pretty pumped about that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have you know a ton of news to share. But one thing I, I do want to touch on quickly is that I am this is an, another re-release and the reason why I'm re-releasing a few episodes is because last week I re-released the Michael Carvin episode which was one of the most downloaded episodes often referenced episodes of the podcast and there are new listeners and a lot of times it's ta- it's it's a lot of work and it's daunting to go back and like find nuggets in you know almost 500 episodes so I'm re-releasing a couple that that are really um Kind of just interviews that really stood out to me, that stood out to the listeners, and that I think have a ton of value. I think they all have value in them. Uh, but you know, there's some, there's some ones that are just like home runs. And, uh, this is another one. This is an interview with Jojo Mayer. And I, let me paint a picture for you. I interviewed Jojo at his house in New York City. And I did this interview way back when in like 2014. And I walk in and it's like 10 o'clock in the morning and he's like in a three piece suit with no shoes on. And he's just like, intense the nicest dude in the world uh super intense too so and it was sort of early in my my interviewing career so i was a little bit i was a little nervous and and all that but it turned out to be an amazing interview so i hope that you dig this i really enjoyed uh having jojo on the on the podcast and i hope to have him back again soon before we get into it i want to thank our sponsors dream symbols if you're looking for amazing sounding symbols and you don't want to spend a ton of money then play dream symbols go check them out they are great people over there at Dream. I've been working with them for a long time. They make amazing sounding symbols and they don't break the bank. So go check them out. Do yourself a favor. I promise you, you will not be let down. Check them out. Go to dreamsymbols.com. And without further ado, let's get into it with the one and only Jojo Mayer. We are here in New York. We're with Jojo Mayer. Jojo, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you taking some time and and uh, chatting with me today. No problem. We were just talking uh, that you were you were in Cuba, which uh, which I've never been, in, and uh, you were saying that your ear hasn't popped yet. Is that affecting your your yeah. play? <clears throat> yeah, it does. Well, it's a sort of like a chronic problem that I that I had. It's like you know I I, I do fly a lot. I mm-hmm. do like. Hundred thousand miles a year. Oh wow! And then kind of like you know you have like a little bit of like a stuffy nose. Yeah. It can really escalate. Sure. Uh, yeah. 
So is it, is it messing with you playing wise or? No, it's just messing with, with, with my life in general. <laughs> Makes sense. So I always like to get into how people got into playing and how they caught the drum bug. Um, and you were, you know, you're originally from from Switzerland. And how did you how did you get into playing uh, over there? <clears throat> well, my dad is a musician. Mm-hmm. He's a bass player. So um, I grew up, you know, I was, I was kind of born into the musician life, you know, and um, all of it, not, not just music being around the house, but also, you know, constantly relocating and right. doing that. So I grew up in the Far East, uh, spent uh, part of my early childhood in Spain and Italy. So, and I didn't actually go, I mean, I was born in, in, in Switzerland, but I didn't actually get back to Switzerland until I had to go to school. Okay. Um, and I started to play, well, I just reacted to music because music was around the house, you know, mm-hmm. always it was records playing, radio playing. Right. My dad, you know, was hanging out, for, you know, four or five a.m. in the morning after the gig, you know, with, with the guys from the band jamming and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so I got much of that like early on and you know and, and, and started to bang around on pots and pans kind of like the classic way right <clears throat> and at some point they uh, they started to give me percussion instruments and a snare drum and so that was appeared to be cheaper than to replace like kitchenware right. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> anyway um, yeah so I got into it by just you know playing to music on the radio and, and play play with records a lot when I when when I was a kid and and then my drum set became kind of like bigger and I think when it was five or five or so my dad he used to play with Kenny Clark when he when, mm. when he was in Paris in the fifties. Oh, okay, so he was a he was a pro. Musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. wasn't just he um, he bought one of Kenny Clark's drum kits. And that was my first real drum kit. Okay. Because uh, I think Kenny just left it behind in like Paris and it was like traveling around. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and that's kind of how I got into music, you know, just growing into it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you, were, when you were younger, who were you studying with and, and what were you studying? Because now, looking at your playing now, you have incredible technique, facility, feel, and... Was that something that you started on when you were really young, or did you kind of get into that later on in your playing? No, I, um, well, first of all, I never had a teacher, especially when I was young. I mean, like, I didn't have a drum teacher, which doesn't mean that, like, people showing me stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. there was drummers around the house all the time, you know, they kind of corrected, they, they showed me how to hold the stick, you know, and corrected me sometimes you know but they just give me advice like I never really had lessons formal lessons right <clears throat> like my lesson was really listening to the hundreds of records you know and that uh, were around the house and, like music and, and playing along music and, and playing with people right um, uh, so I basically I'm, I'm self-thought and, and, and I learned by observing and imitating and, right. and, and, and copying Mm-hmm. And this is still kind of like I think this has somehow created a bit of like the syntax on 
on my teaching system, you know, which relies heavily on observation. Uh, I don't think you can learn if you're not able to observe. Right. That's really important. It's something that has been, it's, it's often disregarded, you know, now, nowadays, especially nowadays that we live in a time where, you know, we have an epidemic spread of ADD, you know, mm-hmm. people cannot concentrate anymore on like, anything. Right. So with me, it was different. Like when I was younger, I was completely obsessed about something that would captivate my, my interests. I was completely climb into it to the X degree with everything and there was no such thing as like you know YouTube or like video so if I saw a drummer and I like what I saw like my internal you know recording device was completely tweaked so that's why I have really good memory I can you know um, I can remember a song sometimes you know if if I hear it once so I have not photographic memory but you know something like it which also uh, accustomed to the fact that I that my reading kind of sucks because I because because I never got into reading because my my memory is really good so right. however um, yeah this is kind of like how I grew into it you know and I mean but not very later on when when I came to the states in my mid twenties you know and then um, I got curious about some of the missing pieces. You know, in in my my you know technical voc- vocabulary, or I started to understand that you know maybe I was working too hard, and um, then people like uh, Jim Chapin or um, uh, Freddie Gruber kind of pointed me into the right direction. I didn't have a formal lesson with Jamie either. You know, that was mm-hmm. we were just sitting around. Uh, in a, in, in a hotel room at four o'clock in the morning and he just hurled all his wisdom <laughs> at right. me. Uh, with Freddie, it was a little bit different. I had I had two lessons with like Freddie, yeah. which one of them was total rubbish. <laughs> it's just total, total stoner shit. And the second one was good, you know, the second one was good. I mean, actually, the second 30 minutes was really interesting mm-hmm. because um, Freddie didn't, you know, Freddie doesn't... He's, he's, he, I think he was widely mis- misunderstood. As far as I'm concerned, he didn't show me any solutions. Right. You know, he just gave me a, a set of riddles and sent me on my way. Right. <laughs> and it took me about four years to solve all of them. You know, some of them I solved right away. And some took a long time. But by doing that, Freddie has kind of handed over the blueprint of his philosophy to me. Right. Which I think not a lot of people have, actually. Even people who study with like Freddie, I would say only a fraction of the people who study with like Freddie and really understand the blueprint of how, of, of his approach of like teaching. And that's what the action was. Right. You know, so some of that stuff was evidently very helpful for me to <clears throat> consolidate um, secret weapons for the modern drummer, like a DVD that I made them. Amazing on, DVD, uh, by the way. Thank I've you. watched it five times. Right. So yeah, I've been I've been studying with that for years. So it's a, it's a great. You're the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that. The Freddie stuff. Um, what was his approach to what Freddie? Yeah. As I said, observation and study of nature. Mm-hmm. Really. 
And when you said you real when you came to the stage, you realized that you were working too hard. Do you mean you were using too much energy? Planning? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, when you know, when you when, when you're a teenager, I mean, look, by the time I was fourteen, I transcribed every Billy Cobham solo there was. Right. You know, and I could play it. You know, and and then I went into, I started to get you know, I I got into Tony Williams really, who was was my biggest influence and. I did the same thing with him. So that was my way of, that was my way, that was my acquisition mm-hmm. of, of doing stuff. You know, however, I didn't really have so anyone at this proficiency around me in Switzerland to actually, you know, uh, not in a musical, conceptual way, but just strictly technical, like, like drumish, you know. Uh, so I just uh, came up with whatever worked. Solution wise, well, he would be have a Harley Davidson in my apartment. Uh, okay. What's going on? Anyway, um, so um, you know, I I got over by you know with with enthusiasm and 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 and, and energy and uh, just and muscle, right? You know. However, as you get a little older, you know, you can, you know, by the time you're like 30 or something like that, you, your, your body starts to change mm-hmm. and you're not able to pull off stuff strictly on the merits of like power any, anymore, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if, if you look at some guys and what they were able to do when they were, you know, in their mid-20s and then by the time they're 60, you know, they are not able to play like this anymore and there's another group of people that this disregarding on, on how old they are, you know, nothing stops them, you know, which means, I mean, that doesn't go for like drummers just, but, you know, musicians in like general. Right. Uh, that's because they have their technique together and they don't have to sacrifice any force or strength mm-hmm. uh, to like, to, to like technique. I mean, when like Buddy was like approaching 60, he was playing better than ever, you know, right. or even, you know, or Tony with 50 could play anything that he always played. However, there's like other people that already, they, they, they slow down in their, in the, in their mid forties, you know, and with, with, you know, with bass players, uh, sometimes you, you could see it. They start to have problems with intonation because, you know, they don't have the strength, blah, 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 blah. You know, right. I'm not a technique snob. I'm actually, <clears throat> you know, the reason why I get into technique is basically because I don't want to think about my wings when I fly. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's been helpful and, and it's done, you know, and like all, all I do right now, I mean, I haven't thought about technique in like, you know, 10, 15 years. You know, I just consolidated and I thought it was a good idea to maybe pass it on because drummers especially are so mystified about technique because we don't have an intelligent protocol in the Western world, when it comes to drumming, you know, we're stupid gorillas. If you, right. I mean, if you compare us to the, you know, the drumming culture in India, we're total cavemen. Right. Total cavemen. So, you know, on, on, uh, on guitars, on trumpet, on piano, there exists like vast um, library on, on solutions to make playing easier. Mm-hmm but not for drums. And the main reason is because um, 
the protocol of drones is mainly being established in the Western world by military, which is basically don't ask any questions, you know, just mm -hmm. do what I'm telling you to do. Right. And that's the way pretty much up to this day how we teach drumming, you know, just do this exercise and do it for eight hours a day and just be stupid and stay stupid. Right. And Freddie was different, you know, Freddie understood that. So that was kind of cool. I mean, not everybody could study with like Freddie because he was kind of like a pain in the ass. Right. You know, he was, he, he demanded a lot, you know, and he was super opinionated and scary, you know, so mm -hmm. you have to have him on your, on your good side, otherwise nothing will happen. Right. You know. And it's funny to me to hear that, that you're not that into technique, which because of, you know, especially with the DVD and the way that you play, I mean, technically you are, I mean, you're completely technically sound and... You know, I think that you have amazing technique. It's crazy to hear that that you weren't. Were you were you fascinated with technique years ago, or is no, it, or is no? It just as I said, as I said, I just felt like I was working too hard. Right. You know, I felt exhausted sometimes, where I didn't feel exhausted when I was like a couple, couple years earlier. You know, mm -hmm. like oh shit, maybe I, there's there's an easier way <laughs> right. to do that. I mean, you know, look, there's also a big understanding. I think a mis misunderstanding. You know, when, when, when we talk about like, oh, who's got good technique, you know? We're not talking about like executing a single stroke role, you know, at like pianissimo, right. you know, flawlessly, you know? That requires a lot of knowledge about, or technique, you know? But that's not what good technique really is. Good technique is anything that allows you to express what you need to express on the instrument. Like in that sense, let's say Charlie Watts, who a lot of drummers would probably deny of having perfect technique. Uh, where I'm coming from, Charlie Watts is perfect technique. Do you understand what I do? Because he mean? has what he needs to it's execute perfect. what he hears. It's it. perfect. You know, I wouldn't change a thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's, technique is just the method that you use to achieve a certain effect, mm -hmm. whatever that might be, you know. Right. However, I was what I was trying to do with Secret Weapon of the Modern uh, 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 Modern Drummer <laughs> was um, creating kind of like a zero point of negotiation, you know, something like okay, look, this makes sense as far as like the physical laws make sense, mm -hmm. you know. You can't escape them. If you go against the physical laws, you're gonna get screwed. Right. Right. So try to find a way with the physical laws because every animal does it. Mm -hmm. So why should should we do it? You know. Right. So I think that was basically what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. It's not a it's not a it's not a bible on technique. It's a it's a philosophical essay. You know, it's it's meant to invigorate people's thinking process. Right. You know? And you would mention listening and observing and we're in new york by the way <laughs> just in case uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been quiet here all day and it's usually actually very quiet here like, yeah, as soon as you turn on the recorder yeah, though it's yeah, like yeah um and you were mentioning observing and and listening and that's the main or that's the the way that you approach everything and i think that a lot of people for a lot of people, there's a disconnect between, okay, I go out and, and watch all these great drummers play and I listen to all these records. Now, how do I, 
how do I make that transition into that entering into my playing? You know, because I think that people, it should be a natural progression, but I don't think that people, I think that there's some disconnect there of, of how people can get it into their play. Well, this is a little bit of like a difficult question for me, you know, because um, if I have a method to, you know, get things to point A to point B for someone else to understand it, then I will use that technique. But my own process, look, um, I was born to play the drums, you know, I didn't make that choice. I was just like, I can't remember the first time I sat behind the drum kit. It was always here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so if that has happened, then like the question of like, you know, how do you make that transition was not, I never made that, <laughs> I had that problem or, or I never had to think about that because I was just, I hurled myself behind the drum set as trying to figure out a way. <laughs> you right, know? Right. And, you know, uh, a lot of it was suffering. A lot of it was suffering. A right. lot. A lot. It, you cannot do this without suffering. It's, which I'm like, I think you should not seek out suffering. You should try to evade it, you know. But, you know, the suffering, I never thought about it because it's like a marathon runner, you know. You run marathon, it hurts. Mm -hmm. It's painful. Right. But you can't help it. You have to do the marathon, you know. That's, that's when you really love something, you know, you just, you don't stop, mm -hmm. you know, even if it gets tough. However, when it gets good, you will forget about all that. I mean, that's nature too, you know, probably like, you know, giving birth to like a child is probably one of the most painful experiences that you can experience, uh, experience as, a, as a woman. Once you have a child, you will probably forget about it, you right. know. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same thing, you know, like giving, giving birth is, is, it can hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so uh, I can't really advise on, on any of that, you know, as far as like the systematic approach. It's like, you know, other than like, either you were meant to be a, be a musician or not. Right. You know? And the only person to kind of determine that is you. Not some schmuck out there that tells you this or that. It's really up to you, you know. You give up when you want to give up. You keep on when you want to keep on. Right. That's a, a, a little bit of a, a scary uh, thing to say. But, hey, you know, that's kind of... Nature is a scary place. Right. Sometimes. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's crazy. I was, uh, I remember a long time ago, I sent you an email and was asking you about practice and you gave me some great tips on practicing, um, practice what you can't do rather than what you can do mm -hmm. and some different things. And the one thing that amazed me though, was that you don't, you know, that, that you don't have a regimented practice schedule. You've never had a regimented practice schedule. Mm -hmm. And well, okay. Let me make just an exception for that. You know, sometimes I, you know, when I'm on the road, you know, I might notice, ooh, that needs time. You know, I, I haven't really put my mind to this and, and I can feel there's obstacles. Mm -hmm. Then I would go and make it very, you know, make a very concentrated and focused effect. 
and that's very regimented, very disciplined, mm-hmm. you know. But it's not like, oh, I do, you know, <laughs> 20 minutes of Latin rhythms and 20 minutes of sick control. And, like, I never practice like that. Right, right. I got it. So, if you, so now if you see something that needs work, you'll just go back and, and tweak it. And, yeah. You know, and I think that, and I, I think that you would agree that whatever works for you is what works for you, you know. But sure. if you're not getting results, then, then maybe you need to switch your approach or... Or whatever. Because Absolutely. for me, I can never say, okay, I practice every day between five and seven and mm. work on these seven things. Yeah. You know, it's nice to think that, but for me, that doesn't work either. So I totally understand what, yeah. what you're saying. Um, so what, what advice do you have for, for drummers that are out there now that are coming up? And, and you know, because I think the, the business is different than it used to be. Which uh, business? The music business. The, the, <laughs> the music business is not different. The music business does no longer exist. Right. No, you just got to face it. The music business, that's some 20th century shit. It's over. What's left of the music business is kind of like, that's more related to Toys R Us than the music business as we knew it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's, that's like the first thing for like an upcoming drummer is to understand that. You know? That you're not, uh, not <laughs> kind of like trying to capture a specter of the past you know that's been like like the change that you're that you suggest has happened a while ago you know we're not we're past the change it's over you know i don't think i don't think i don't think the remainder of the music business uh or let's say the majors which drive the music industry could survive without ownage of the uh, the back catalog that they have right you know mm-hmm. the, today's pop music which is aimed mainly at a logistics of like 12 and 13 year olds doesn't really bring in that type of money you know right uh, you know you make this is like this is going more and more into like a Disney Pixar uh, you know, um, merchandising, T-shirts, toy robots type of thing. <laughs> right. Um, Which I, I, I agree with. So, um, <clears throat> sorry for interrupt, in, interrupting you, but I thought that, that has to be made clear. No, I, 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 I love this, this viewpoint of it because I feel the same way. So, and, you know, for me, I... I'm still, you know, thinking like, oh, maybe there's hope and maybe there's... Hope for what? For, the, for something something to come out of, uh, you know, history tends to repeat itself, so maybe it'll, it'll go back to the way... Well, that- okay, look, if you have a beloved pet that you were living with for 20 years and the pet dies, <laughs> you know, you can dance circles around it and, you know, and, and hire a shaman, right. the pet is not going to come alive anymore. It's right. dead, you know. Right. You got a new. If you want a pet, you got to look for a new one, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, don't beat that that horse. It's dead. Right. You know, it's like the remainder of the people who are working in the music industry are a mere shadow of the intelligence that was once that inhabited, you know, this this branch of of commerce, you know. Mm-hmm. We have hipster kids who don't know nothing about anything that has happened 
more than like f- four years ago. Right. You know, it's like, you know, it might not matter to make money, but I'm saying that's where like, that's where we go right now. And there's as much good shit as there always has been, but it's, you have to look for it, right. you know, like talented people don't, don't stop, but there's more bullshit. There's more bullshit, you know, because everybody, you know, it's not about the rock and roll of like, hey, <clears throat> whatever it might be, you know, if it's rock and roll, it's, you know, rock and roll to me is kind of descent with authority. That's for me, without that, rock and roll is not rock and roll, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter if you play the national anthem and, uh, <clears throat> and, mash it up like like Hendrix did. Right. You know, that's a form of expression of like, hey, look, this is the way I see it. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody does this anymore today. Not in pop music. You can't afford it. You're toast. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So uh um rock and roll is dead. You know, what's what's left of rock and roll is like um fashion brands that imitate a certain style of like forty years ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, so people who have security and jobs and are in the establishment can feel like a rock star or act like a rock star. Right. You know, everybody is just interested in like the rock star, not in like you know. I mean, if you look at a lot of the hipster bands, they know exactly how to dress, they know how to move, they know how to how to talk, but they don't really know how to compose a good song or they don't really know how to, how, how to play the guitar but it doesn't matter because if they play a gig especially like here in New York whatever their day job is like playing at an advertising agency that their dad owns and when they have a gig you know they pack the place with their with friends and family right you know they don't need to sell records or like anything right you know so that has been that has become the la- like the landscape of rock and roll mm-hmm. in New York City anyway right. you know right Jazz is a different, different animal, you know. Jazz, academia has, has choked it to death. Right. Uh, which, like, um, I mean, I like jazz, you know. Like, um, uh, it's just I'm not interested in the platform anymore. Right. Because uh, jazz used to be radical music, played by radical people, listened to by radical people, and jazz today is um, conservative music played by conservative people, listened to by conservative people. Right. right? And if you, if you compare the first 40 years of jazz between, let's say, 1928 and 1968 with the last 40 years of jazz, then we don't need to have an argument about that anymore. Right. You know, it's kind of pretty self-evident. Right. right. So whatever the new music is, you know, music is always going to happen. Right. You know, it's just like... Uh, maybe it's time to look at it in the in the big picture, and you know, not get so absorbed by like certain aesthetics and uh, 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 labels and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. that were necessary to market, you know, music and put it out. Say, oh, okay, hey, this is jazz. Here, you can find it on the jazz in Tower Records. Well, Tower Records no longer exists, right. or on the internet, you know, or, or right. whatever, you know, like so. A new paradigm is happening, and I believe that new paradigm, that switch that is happening right now, that some people understand and a lot of people don't understand, you know, which, 
I think um, during our lifetimes, that paradigm is probably going to switch like five more times because we never had that sort of like an incremental progress in media technology. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like the future is not 15 years or 30 years anymore. The future is three years. In three years, everything can be radically different again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was was talking about that the other day that I can't even imagine not having a touch screen on my phone. And that only happened, you know, that happened what? Six exactly. years ago? Yeah. You know, and now you look at it and it's like, yeah, wait a minute, six years ago we used to dial buttons and, have, exactly. and not be able to check your email on the phone, and, yeah. you know, and it's, so, it's like, yeah, it's like that. I mean, the pendulum always swings back, you know, there's always like anti-cyclic uh, occurrences. Right. You know, it could be like, that. you know, the next generation will not touch anything that smells like Facebook and go like, you know, we don't want to do that. You know, this is, our parents did that. Mm -hmm. That's lame. Many, 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 many factors that, that, that contribute to, to the world going a certain way, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's nothing new. That that always happened, you know? And, you know, uh, just like, like amplification changed a lot. Sure. You know, amplification and I mean, jazz wouldn't have happened uh, without the technology to record sound. You know, mm-hmm. that 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 has a, had a big uh, um, effect on on jazz would like develop because you could capture an improvisation which you could never do before, mm-hmm. and you could distribute it via radio and, and records and stuff like that. You know? Right. Yeah, but anyway. Um, so coming back to to your original question, you know, what to what I would recommend to a young drummer that is coming up. You do remember? Yeah. Well, I will say, you know, <clears throat> you know, what are what are the most popular activities outside of actually playing music, which is closely related, you know, to some to. Uh, on, on the surface would be a video game. So, you know, you have Guitar Hero, you know. Now, okay, you want to be a Guitar Hero or a, a rock star. You know, put that, you know, put that on the balance, you know, against other stuff that has to, you know, you, if you want to become the rock star, you'll have to have something to say. Right. You know. Um, well, now there's a lot of people that or rock stars they have nothing to say but they won't be around you know nobody will remember them in, in three years from now right. you know, they will disappear of course you can make a couple of millions or billions in the meantime but you know if this is what you want to do you're better off playing the lottery right. you know unless you have some super influential friends mm-hmm. you know with money you know maybe it's possible right yeah I mean it is possible people did it that way you know however um, uh, I recommend to enjoy playing music and discovering where the magic in playing music is because it's a it's an incredible experience if you're able to live it a lot of people who play music are not able to experience that mm-hmm. because their their mind is occupied by 
by secondary unimportant things that completely taints their experience of, of really uh, experience the beauty in, in music, right. which is sharing and creating something. You know, there's, there's many reasons why we need music and, and why we love music. And if you're able to understand those reasons, then you are not a magician, but you are a magician. You're, you, you become a shaman. You, know, and you can really do things for people right. and for yourself, of course. And that's a, an incredible exchange of love between a performer and uh, someone who like listens to. So sharing is good, you know. Uh, sharing is good, and building community is good. Right. Very important. Even more than ever, you know, you have to build community with what you do. You know, and don't be scared, but you know, just be ready to. You know, take a hump or two. You know, right. it it will. You know, it, it might happen. You know, might, and the difficulty might be a different one than you expect. You know, it's not. You know, I'm not talking about sleeping on the floor of like a roach motel. You know, right. You know, or doing that sort of stuff. It's like you know, not being able to have a family because you need to. You're on the road all the time, or you know what I'm saying, or right. not being able to 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 sustain a relationship. Because it's difficult to make money in this business, you know, and a lot of the money that is made nowadays is is made by live performing, right? Because nobody really pays money to buy records anymore, mm -hmm. not right now. So you want to be professional and you want to sustain yourself. You probably will have to travel, mm -hmm. you know. So th just think about what is it, what will be coming at you. Do you love travel? Do you like it? For how many years do you think you can do it? You know. I love traveling. Right. I'm obsessed with like traveling. Me too. You know, so it's it's a perfect match for me. Right. Yeah. But as I'm saying, like you know, be 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 like realistic of like what is coming at you, and um, uh, develop a sense of economics too, if you want to be a professional musician. You know, uh, it's uh, you know it's sometimes pretty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, it's kind of funny to watch, you know, like that. I mean, you know, when you say, like, man, in the, in, in the music industry, you can make hundreds of dollars, <laughs> you know. But it's true. It's, right, it's really like that's how a lot of kids operate, you know. Once you, you know, like the earlier you understand, you know, how expensive the cost of living is. Right. Um, And when these big Put tours that in come into town, not to interrupt yeah. you, but like they see these big tours come into town at these stadiums, and you know the drummer that's playing, they're like, "Oh, he's making, you know, oh no, millions of dollars." Oh no, and it's like that's no, <coughs> no, actually, it's quite uh, humbling. So I've been checking out the new Sonar SQ1s. And let me tell you, these drums are sick. They're made out of birch, all right? Why, you ask? Because birch has balanced low, mid, and high ranges. So they sound really, really good in this recording studio, plus they sound great live. Now, this is some really cool stuff. They have a sound stabilizer system, and it's actually based on concepts applied in the automotive industry, and it's rubber to metal so that you're getting... 
complete isolation from the shell. Not only that, the colors that they come in also resemble high-end automobiles, so they're all matte lacquer finishes. These kits are insane, and not only that, they sound amazing. To learn more about the SQ1 series, go to sonar.com. You can play, and I will not name any names, but and and I know it by... Um, you know, offers that were on my desk, you know, were literally to go out and be out on the road 10 months out of the year playing stadiums and making less than a bartender in New York. Right. Not the same, less. Right. All right. With famous people that, you know, you walk out on the, on the street, you go, do you know this person? And chances are that any random person that, that you pick will know that name. Right. Being the drummer for that particular person makes less than a bartender in New York. Well, there was, there was that article that just came out from, uh, from Lombardo, from Slayer. He was saying that he was getting like 700 bucks a show or something like that. That's great, $700 a show. He was playing at 60,000 seat venues and, yeah, well, and the rest of the band was making all this money. And he was making what I know is like $700 a week, Right. what I heard. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you know what? For a lot of R&B stuff, if you don't, if you don't feel like doing it for, for that, that money, there's thousands of gospel kids in, on, the, on the West Coast that will do it. Right. You know, because the music has been recorded by, not by a drummer many times, but by a producer. So he doesn't really need a flavor from, from performing. He just needs someone to to be able to nail the part. Right. You know? Which, you know, there's a... uh, I mean, sorry, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not interested to to, to participate in pop music anymore. I mean, haven't been for like a long time. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, And I think you should understand what the pop industry is now. I mean, you know, there was always certain problems about the pop industry, but you could actually make money in the pop industry. Right. Now, as a sideman, that's very important, you know, like, that's very important to know. If you want to be a sideman, chances are you will never make any substantial amount of money. If you want to make money in this business, you have to incorporate yourself. You have to be the guy, not the guy who plays with the guy. Right. That's finished. Right. Professional sidemans or an expression of the music industry, which no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Therefore, professional sidemans are dinosaurs. Right. I, uh, well, oh, we, I was saying that I, I play with a guitar player, and his, his biggest thing is that he always says, you know, the money playing live keeps going down and down and down because... Money for recording sessions going, is, is going down. Right. It's like, you know, like a standard... Standard session of like, you know, let's say an accomplished guy for, you know, would not go below $1,000 for, for like a session. And now it's cutting in half. Right. It's like eight, it's like 500. Right. You know, that's a lot. And the price of the, the price of living is going up and the cost yeah. of the, you know, and, you know, years ago it was always a hundred bucks a man to play like a, a bar date or whatever. And... It's still a hundred bucks. 
Yeah. You know, sometimes less. And his gripe was, you know, this guitar player that I played, his gripe was always that, you know, these young kids, like you said, the young kids from the West Coast or whatever, they'll do these dates and they'll play for less money. So they're like, well, why should I hire you if you want X amount of dollars and I can pay this guy 30% less or 40% less, which I think is this vicious cycle that is, you know, everybody's playing for less, so the people are willing to pay less, and then it's just, you know. Well, yeah, as I'm saying, you know, uh, a lot of musicians are dreamers, you know, which is charming, nice, you know, and, 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 and you have to be a dreamer. You have to be a dreamer because uh, you you have to be idealistic, mm-hmm. you know. Otherwise, nothing good will come out. But um, you know, and that's and that and that's one of the reasons why I think American music has been so great in the last century, because America was really like the idea of idealism was was very strong, and. Um, we lost this in this country, or, or we we're, we're, we keep losing it. You know, we're not I, idealistic anymore. Right. You know, uh, so the focus will go somewhere else. You know, and I mean, not many things are coming out of New York anymore. Right. I mean, you know, I'm I'm very comfortable here. You know, I'm because I established myself years ago. Right. <clears throat> but coming here as a young person. I don't really see any possibilities un- unless your parents are rich and uh, and support you. Right. You know, you, just, you have to go to Detroit, you know, right. where you can get cheap rent. It's, it's finished. There's no more platform for subculture in New York. You know? mm-hmm. And now, I mean, even especially like all the places that you can live cheaper are now, you know, being gentrified and they're... they're the hit, it's the hit place to live now, so now even that place is expensive. Even in the bad neighborhoods, it, the rent is going up because they're saying in ten years it's going to be great. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. No, it's um, it's a, uh, it's a tough situation right now. Where do you think it's going for like a young for like a young musician? Here. Right. Where do you think it's going in the next five, ten, fifteen years? Ten. But five, ten, or fifteen years, I have no idea <laughs> where it's going. You talk to people that, that you know, uh, at MIT, you know, uh, they're trying to figure that out. Right. You know, like I'm, I'm a musician. <laughs> I'm not a futurologist. <laughs> I don't know. Many things could happen. Many things could happen. You know, some it could be very scary too. Look, I'm just trying to make a. I'm I'm trying to make a. A contribution that I'm able to do, not one that I'm not able to do. Right. So I'm concerned. I'm concerned with people's perception as an artist. That's what I have an an influence on. Right. You no. Know, not anyone. Not a drummer. Not just anyone. If like, if if I play at a bar, and the girl at the bar will listen to music in a different way after my gig. That's an accomplishment that I, that I would like to make. Right. You understand? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show, show people that, that, that it's possible to be honest and successful. Do you know? Right. Artistic integrity. Having- yeah, well, artistic integrity, you know, 
um, if if your art is about bullshit, then you know you can still be have artistic in, in integrity. It still is bullshit. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. All right. So uh, I think that's past. That's important. You know because. Um, what, what, you know, we're facing, let's say, 25 years, it would be in, un, unthinkable that, a, that an act that lip syncs partially or completely could sell out Madison Square Garden. You know, now everybody does it. And it's not even a secret anymore. Yeah. You know? So that's how our perception has shifted from... Right. Uh, or that's how we threw the bullshit filter out of the window. You know, we just eat anything that we're told to, to eat, you know. And that's certainly not rock and roll. Mm. And that's certainly not whatever I'm concerned with, you know. Right. Like, none of the people that, that I learned from uh, did that, right. you know. Like, Gomsong didn't do that. And Duke Ellington didn't do that. Bach didn't do that. Beethoven didn't do that. Mozart didn't do that. Charlie Parker didn't do that. The Beatles didn't do that. Hendrix didn't do that. Frank Zappa didn't do that. Jim Morrison didn't do that. None of those people did that, you know? Right. <laughs> so why do you think that happened? Why do you think that people were okay with less and less talent and less authenticity? Because and- people are scared. <clears throat> They're scared to be alone. They're scared to be on their own. You know? They're like... Uh, they're scared to be pushed out. They're scared to not have enough friends right. on Facebook. You know, likes are, are, are addictive, you know. So you, um, you become controllable, you know. And you're scared. People will tell you what to do, you know. Um, however, whatever. It's a, it's a different subject. It has really nothing to do with music or like drumming you know it's right. just, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to observe it people are scared uh, trying to get a gig in New York at a club you have to mainly get over the hurdle with concerned club owners that are concerned you're not going to bring in too much many people that are concerned the bar is not going to match like the minimum you're concerned about this you're concerned about that it's not like wow I heard you take this stuff is amazing. I want to try to blow this up with you. Right. You know, that's what New York used to be like. Right. You know, are you going to bring in your friends? Well, don't worry. I'm going to bring my whole office. Okay. Boom. Right. They, they don't care if this shit is rubbish. Right. They're concerned. Why are they concerned? Because if they don't match the rent at the end of the month, they're going to lose the lease because New York is, gent- is, is, is gentrified. You know, mm-hmm. it's expensive here. That's what I'm saying. Right. So um, New York is the 1% right now. And if you want to play rock and roll, you got to be against the 1%, right. not for them. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <That> makes, <laughs> Which completes sense. the political speech <laughs> today. Right? Yeah, that makes, you know, it makes total sense. And years ago, you know, when everybody was coming here and it was like this this area of of uh of almost like a like a revolution and and people were experimenting and weren't afraid to do all these things and now like you said it's kind of just like unless you want to get in this line 
Well, if yeah, you want to ex- if you want to experiment, you need to experiment somewhere. Right. You know, if that somewhere does not exist, you cannot experiment. Not even you know, you need a space where the thing can unfold. Right. You know. You know, you you, you need a, a, a platform. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to kind of create it. It's possible. If it, if it's not a physical platform, then it's the internet. That's where most of the you know most of the new stuff that you can discover today is on YouTube. Right. You know, not in the club, in the village. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right. That's where most of the stuff is. So it is a platform. So use it. You know, use that platform. Mm-hmm. I you know it's funny. I always think that the record sales have always have gone down because of the internet, obviously. And I thought that that was going to really push towards the live performance. But now with the popularity, like you said, of YouTube and all these other videos, now it's to the point where a lot of times people are like, I don't even need to leave my house. And I don't have to pay for it. I can watch it for free on YouTube or some streaming avenue. Yes. But so, you can, what, so what you cannot like, have, there's one thing that you cannot have is a personal experience. If you watch something on YouTube, you will have to you share the same experience, you know, with millions of other people, and you cannot have like a, a personalized experience. You know, it's like right. like driving there, you know, uh, going there, right. ordering a drink, talking to people at the show, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. You know, um, it's different. You know, it's different. And that's what I was, it sterilizes the whole thing. That like everything keeps getting. Yeah sterilized down and down and down and then you know in a in in, in a way uh um well going to cuba was really interesting because i mean i've been i played in over 50 countries right in this world and and uh and it's all and, and that place that i prefer more and and uh more interesting uh uh evidently cuba was completely exceptional because of the whole political situation so, it's almost a country stuck in time, right. right? And evidently, you know, the level of musicianship is, is incredible there. You know? And uh, everybody that does art uh, is is great and skilled. Right. I, I mean, other than you know, like the touristy type of stuff, you know, all the art that I've seen was really, really good. Where I, you know, a lot of the art that I've seen going to the Armory show was pathetic. Right. You know here in New York. Mm-hmm. So the percentage of like extremely skilled output is bigger in Cuba than it is in New York City right now. You Which know. It's crazy. Well, it's not crazy because it makes sense. And you know, let's say in Cuba there's no advertising, right? The women are much more confident there about their sexuality about interacting with with guys, right? Much more relaxed, you know, less of a game. They're not brainwashed by you know all the oh I need to look like this I need to look like 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 that, right? And uh, but anyway, for instance, another thing uh, uh, they value human interaction more because that's all they have, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we need to value human interaction a little bit more, you know, and, and, and music is a tool of human interaction. So I would say, like, you know, if, if, if music can help to do that, we're going to live in a better world, you know. 
like we're gonna you know we're gonna feel less lonely in in this big world where everything is about like oh how popular is this guy how popular is she oh my god did you hear she did that all the blocks all the you know right. all the gossiping the shopping you know all that stuff doesn't really make you happy right at the <laughs> at the end of the day right. you know what i'm saying totally agree so um materialism you know oh, of course you know in cuba they have other problems you know right you know so um, just keep it in like the balance you know mm -hmm. but uh that is interesting you know that was interesting to like see that um that the center of, of everything is human interaction do you feel that they value human interaction more in switzerland than they do here you know <clears throat> once you enter like the western world it's like pretty much the same You know, uh, it's it's a little bit more elevated if you go to cosmopolitan areas like you know London or New York, you know, or like LA. Um, however, um, comparing New York to London right now is um, London has retained still some sort of like a, a space for um, subculture, which New York is not. Right. You know that that is. A little bit of like the problem but I don't know I mean you know there's great people you know in New York of course you know you, you, you it's, it's, it's still a, an amazing town it's just not what it used to be right do you think you're on the move I don't know I mean I travel you know I don't spend that much time here in New York you know right. it's like uh, uh, maybe at some point you know maybe something with a beach would be nice you know I, I could see myself like that <laughs> I like warm weather. I like warm weather and, and yeah, 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 sun yeah. and sand. Yeah. yeah, but I will always, you know, I'll be always. Um, I think as long as my body allows me to do it, you know, I will always be traveling. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I uh, I need different things. I'm maybe a little bit extreme, so uh, I need the extreme lifestyle of like an urban environment right. but uh, also like this the extreme serenity of a, a secluded place mm -hmm. you know I kind of need both but I can't have it at the same time so I have to alternate right. that's uh, yeah <laughs> that's me <laughs> I'm the same way you know like some days I want to be able to walk down the street and be able to grab anything I need and then some days I'm just like I don't want to I don't even want to see anybody I just want quiet and you yeah. know some nice some trees and some air and that's all I need you know um, you mentioned about about traveling a lot and uh, how, how you don't spend too much time here. Who are you, who are you traveling with now? Who are you touring with? Well, most <coughs> sorry, <coughs> most um, most of the activities that I do are um, are coming actually from my from my own projects. Uh, it's from my own band. I mean, like. Like in Cuba, I was there. Uh, uh, I was doing like a lecture. You know, I was I was collaborating with with local people there. Mm -hmm. uh, now next week, I'm going to Brazil with with my band with Nerf mm -hmm. to play some festivals. I'm uh, playing the New Blue Jazz Festival, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of it is uh, is with my band. Um, some of it is by my own. Some of it is. Uh, I don't really. I, I you know like. Maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I shifted my career from from the sideman more to being a leader or you know doing my own projects. 
I still do sideman work, but the, the main reason I do it is to escape the monoculture mm-hmm. of my own music. Because I need to, you know, uh, keep that uh, other side of my, or all the parts of my brain active that it will not use if I only play my own music. Right. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's important. So, you know, I, I would do a jazz record every once in a while, or I do a pop record. Or um, when I'm around town, you know, I like to go out and just, you know, play sometimes. Because mm-hmm. you know? I, 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 <laughs> I enjoy playing, you know, right. if, it's, uh, if it's in a situation that, uh, that, that provides the fun element, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, a lot of my own stuff, really, right. mostly. Yeah. Which is great. And then you're, yeah. you're in control of it and you're... Uh... Absolutely, yeah. So where, if, if people wanted to go and, and find out some more information about you, where can they go? Um, JojoMayer.com Is that all your, all your dates yeah. on there and everything? Yeah. I mean, it's not super Chris updated. Like, I have to get on that a little bit. I do not love the social network. Right. I kind of do. It's a little bit of like a nuisance. I, I kind of feel stalked. <laughs> 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 I like more privacy. Right. that but I understand it's a it's it's a good tool you know that lets me maneuver without having a label in front of me or something like that right, right. yeah it's it's that I mean are we um, you know other than my career as a performer and producer uh, I always interact with the MI industry so you know I, I kind of help them design uh, gear Right. You know, I did this uh, a bass drum pedal with Sonar. Called, I actually uh, wanted to ask you about that because everybody, the pedal that I put, I'm not happy with any pedal right now. Yeah. And a couple people have told me to check out your pedal. Yeah, check it out. It's basically, well, in a nutshell, I will talk more about that. I'm, 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 I'm in, in the process of, to uh, consolidate uh, the script for a foot DVD. It's kind of like Secret Weapon Part 2, basically. Mm-hmm. And well, I'll talk a lot about that because... Uh, um, <clears throat> when it comes to hand technique, as I said, you know, we have a limited protocol of like about 400 years in the West. When it comes to bass drum technique, like we, we have 100 years. Right. And, and we have no protocol at all. We have just opinions. So I was trying to, uh, I'm trying to establish this, uh, a similar zero point with that volume. Because the way we look at bass drum technique in general, I think, is highly in, inefficient. Mm-hmm. Right? There's much more stuff that we could do, you know. And um, and the pedals, the way the pedals are made, the pedals are made to cater to a weird style of playing. Right? And if you look uh, to you know what some of the guys like 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 Buddy Rich did, you know, back in the uh, '40s and '50s and '60s with their pedals, you can't do that anymore on 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 today's pedals. Because today's pedals are like medieval catapults. They're really sluggish and so, uh, because they're not balanced. The action is, is not balanced. It's kind of like, like a drumstick. Right. A good drumstick has a, a, a good balance. The same goes for like a, a bass drum pedal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, would, I mean, I haven't found a bass drum pedal out on the market which is balanced. So I created one. Right. You know, that's the basic idea. So the, the and the theory behind the uh, the pedal is it's it's very like I I saw it um, I saw it at Nam or at Pacific I can't remember which and it's it's simple 
Well, basically, the theory is it translates the, mo the motion of your foot in a one-to-one -one ratio. It's linear. It does exactly what your foot does. Right. Not more, not less. But if you, so then you can start to work on technique. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you want to play louder, you work on a technique that plays louder. You don't use a bass on pedal that plays louder for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But then you have more, then you have more, more, more control. Right. Like uh, today's bass on pedal, uh, I would say severely um, clip the range of expression of what, you, what you're able to do. Right. So that's that, you know, and then I work with Sabian a lot and uh, working on symbols like we just finished prototypes for uh, a new symbol, which uh, a couple of years ago I, I developed a symbol called the Omni, mm -hmm. which is kind of like a crash ride symbol. And it, was, it, was a, it was a machine hammered symbol like, with like a bright sound. Now we created a, a hand hammered version, which is really nice. So, you know, I'm always doing stuff, you know, we'll work on drum heads or, or sticks or you know, new, new, new devices. Right. Um, I, have, um, I have some ideas for an electronic device on the clipboard. And I'll, I'll just see it's, it's just a day, it's 24 hours, and seven days a week, and, you know, it's just a limited time right. where I have to decide and what I want to do. But... Um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I, I enjoy that, you know, right. I, I, I enjoy making nice things mm -hmm. that are better or building a better mousetrap. Right, right, right. I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. So what are your, what's your, you know, the, the goals that you have moving forward? Because you've accomplished so much in your career, um, you know, and especially <coughs> playing wise. Uh, what well, do you... What's really the one the thing that you're like? I really this is what I really want to do. I really have this goal. Well, the goal is to to be able to keep doing what I do. Right. You know, I mean, if I wanted to drive a gold plate at Bentley, I would have to kind of like make different decisions. Right. You know, but right now I play exactly the music that I like. I'm traveling the world. You know, I don't need, I, ha I have no economic worry worries. And I don't need to lick anyone's ass. Right. Which is pretty good if you're an artist nowadays. You know? Mm -hmm. Any, anything else is gravy, you know? It's like, well, you know, if I can reach more people, that would be nice. But what I have right now is, is enough. You know? So mm -hmm. uh, I hope that I won't get bored, you know, and stay healthy and I can keep on doing this. And maybe uh, I have... A new adventure every here and there, right? That, you know, then I, I would be pretty happy. Nice. What's one one thing that nobody knows about you? I wouldn't do this interview if I wouldn't have a concern to like, you know, share what I'm all about. Right. You know, because it, it 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 appears to interest people. Mm -hmm. If someone wants to know something, he he can ask me. You know, I don't know what they don't know. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we you know I I appreciate you doing this because, like you said, I I think that you're. Um, you're not one of these drummers that is out there like constantly promoting themselves and trying to be, you know, in the limelight to all these other drummers and saying like, you know, hey, buy this and here I am, here I am, here I am. So you well, are I don't have to. What's that? I don't have to. I agree. Yeah, it's if you have to, 
what I'm saying, you know, of, of, of course you can try to maximize all, all of this, but I put my stuff out there, you know, I mean, I would never, you know, I, I, I really appreciate that, like, you know, people notice what I do and they, and, and they follow it, mm-hmm. really, because without them, you know, I wouldn't be able to support myself doing just that, you know, right. so I, 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 I owe to the people that take the time to listen to this interview or or get in their cars to drive to see a show, mm-hmm. or, or buy my music. No, I, I know that. And, and, um, but, uh, you know, let's say, I would never post on Facebook, please vote for me in the XYZ, whatever, readers poll. Right. <laughs> I'm nominated. <laughs> what you bought a couple over here. You yeah, all your, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your awards over here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying. So it's it's an honor. It's it's nice, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not, you know. I would not do what I do if I wouldn't get that. You know what I'm saying. Right. I would be doing exactly the same thing. Right. So I think that's important. That's artistic integrity. Mm-hmm. You know. Do what you believe in, and you know maybe as a, I don't know, sum it all up. You know. That's what I think a young drummer should do, you know. Like do do what he really believes in. Yeah, you know, and, and not surrender to the bullshit. It's not easy, but it's possible. I think that's a good place to stop. I like that's Maybe. A, that's <laughs> definitely some uh some good advice to, to think about for, for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Also, um you know, <clears throat> don't lose your sense of humor too. Right, that's kind of important. That's how you get by because it gets sometimes it gets pretty intense sometimes. So depending on how you look at it, it, it can be pretty funny too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Agree, man. It's a it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting journey. You know, and it's well, it's uh, yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's um. If you're curious, it is. So. Jojo, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, I know the listeners yeah. did as well. Right. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Good day. That was Jojo Mayer. I hope you dug that. Like I said, that's an old archive that I recorded way back when, and in, I think it was 2014. And just, it's, I mean, it's Jojo Mayer. He has so much insight and so much information and very, uh, very strong opinions, which I think that he deserves to have as one of the premier players out there in the world. For all the show notes, you can go to drummersresource.com forward slash 473. Also, Daniel Glass and I are working on a very, very cool project or we think it's going to be a cool project for you and i don't want you to miss out on it so head over to drummersresource.com and just sign up for the mailing list to be kept up to date with what we're doing over there and uh also you'll get a copy of my ebook which is called stick control variations that's 11 creative exercises that'll help you improve your chops your speed your independence all that fun stuff but You'll also get some emails about what Daniel and I are working on once we start rolling that out. So check that out at drummersresource.com. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.